This is JFM Podcast. morning to you there right listening to us from wherever you are it is the 28th day of march 2023 another beautiful tuesday morning welcome to the show let's talk my name is abigail seaman and i'm not alone i'm joined by mikhail misi mikhail lovely morning to you over here good morning to all the listeners let's go to her again um it's a beautiful tuesday morning nine days after the elections um hey um i hope there's sanity and for all of the fans not fans, all of the support group of the president-elect. I really don't understand. It's it's quite shocking that the president-elect has support group that are saying that, that are defending his mandates. I, I, I don't get. Um, I also think that the propaganda being thrown around and the whole idea of an interim government that a lot of people have been pushing for. Of course, I know that in Nigeria, we have some people, let me not say we, some people have a habit of throwing in unnecessary um, chaos to confuse us and shift our attention from what is important. But I think let us focus on the matter at hand. The president-elect obviously has gotten a certificate of return, which was quite fast, if you ask me. I think, you know, the INEC was... Like, you're waiting for him very, to be... very, very quick like, ah, to get that done. Ideally, so, again, let's not go into unnecessary, um, you know, proper... Uh, what was the word now? Unnecessary stories. But if the governor's elect had to wait for nine days to get theirs... Anyways, but I'm, I'm saying that let's focus on the on the issues at hand. Our economy is dwindling. Um, you know, our ratings in the international community is falling. Certain people are saying unhopeful and unlawful things. The UK are trying to ban certain people. Um, the CGN has been fingered for wanting to you know to manipulate. Even though I don't think the CGN has a hand per se per se mm. in what to happen in the case, you know with the election tribunal but i think there are more important issues than the whole interim government stuff and i feel personally uh, that the president elect should not be having support group defending his mandates if the law has backed you already i think you should just go on with it and leave quote and unquote naysayers and noisemakers to do their bidding the case is in court and let's focus on that good morning people good morning and other stories that we're following at the hour uh, just before we we begin that I, I was just sitting and i was thinking um about the way forward, okay, um, if, for example, I know that a lot of us, um, a lot of Nigerians are of the opinion that um, after the petitions at the tribunal, they would have um, Peter Obi announced as the winner. So, but in case, should in case, they don't do that, Nigerians should definitely prepare their hearts for the president-elect to be the president. I think Nigerians, uh, permit me to say, I don't want to sound very derogatory, but um, we need to open our eyes and wake up to the new reality that we are in already. What if it doesn't happen? What is your plan B for it? Because we're all fixated on the plan A and forgetting that what if plan A doesn't work? What is what's, what is plan B going to look like? Um, we, we already believe that, or we already have a notion that if this president-elect is being sworn in, there's going to be immersed hardship and poverty. People already fixed it in their minds of the bad things that will happen. But maybe, maybe just maybe we should be open-minded. As I would say, I'm always a very optimistic person that even in the, in the 
in the darkness, there's still an epitome there's still of light. light. There's, there's still, still light. light there. So we shouldn't just give up like People that. People should not give up. Oh. Don't give up on me because I can't give up on Nigeria. But on a, on a more serious note, yes. I think that um, Nigerians should understand that government doesn't just run on the shoulders of politicians. They should also understand that if we want the country to work, I mean work in the right sense of it, we also need to know that we have a role to play. The, the, the parts of questioning the system them, the part of demanding accountability, yeah. the part of not keeping quiet and being proper opposition in every sense of the word, not the ones, not the kind of oppositions that use derogatory words that insult, exactly. you know, those, those, I think those opposition, yeah, sometimes I wouldn't say I buy into such ideas, but I can understand the anger with which people say certain things. Mm. But I think whatever happens, whether it's a Peter B or the president-elect or or, or Tiku Abubakar, whoever whoever becomes the president in the coming months, we need to understand that they cannot be successful without our input. They cannot be successful without, without our criticisms. And I think that is something... What I fear most about... Again, it is my... This is not opinion. This, this is from from data. What I what I fear most about you know the ruling party is the need to consistently gag people from saying their minds. It seems as though criticisms is not welcomed. If you say anything that goes against what they think is right, they automatically look for a way to shush you. And that's are, the thing. People forget that this is infringement on their fundamental human, human rights. Right. They, are, they, are, they are working on social media bill. They are, they are mm. working on ways to gag. I'm going to use the word gag the media. Certain things should not be said. Certain things should be said. The tenets of democracy, and this is, my, this is what I know from democracy, the, the basics of democracy is freedom of speech speech and opinions. If we cannot air our opinions freely, if we have to be careful with the words we say because it will offend people. I am not saying be insightful. I am not saying be disrespectful. I am not saying be insulting. But if I have to be careful how I criticize a government because I am scared my criticisms, even though a lot of times are backed with facts and current realities, Mm. will be taken as hate speech. If I am scared of saying my heart because there is a band somewhere lurking to hold me by the throat, it means that the democracy we are priding ourselves in would not be progressive. So again, I am hoping, and this is my very sincere hope, that the All Progressive Congress, the ruling party, understands what democracy actually means in the real sense of the word. And the whole idea of hate speech, again, if we are going to go into the philosophical idea and explanation of hate speech, it is a very fluid thing. Because again, what you think, what you consider as hate speech might not be hate speech to someone else. As they say, where you feel that your own right starts. And someone else... Or where your stops... or someone else starts. So I, I think that in in trying to curb misinformation, in trying to curb, you know, the let me use the word violence that might erupt for misinformation and disinformation online. I think the government needs to understand that what makes a, a democracies across the world progressive is the ability for the people to criticize the government. Mm-hmm. If you are too soft, if you have such soft bellies that criticisms get to you so much, you ban social media, you ban media houses, and you when, arrest uh, when people, people. Yes, you arrest them and uh, you take laws into your own hands because it, it, you have, you're in, in power. And I just, I just feel like people, especially in Nigeria, especially um, when something doesn't sit well, you 
with um, a certain person they want to exercise power and just you know what wake well, up one morning and just do whatever they want to and just shut down and, and, and that's why and, and that's why a lot of times when people especially you know um supporters of the all progressive congress when they say things like our democracy is progressive my biggest question is how do you define a progressive democracy, democracy yes. in, in in a progressive democracy the number one thing is freedom of speech criticisms you know um accountability it is um openness in terms of the way government is run in nigeria we are void of those things we have, that you, we, uh, we, I, I, I saw i saw i saw a story recently where a journalist in a bomb state was arrested has been you know arraigned in court because he said something against the governor of Akwaibom. we remember where a certain nigerian a certain young man was arrested and tortured because he said something against the the, um, the first lady really? we also we've also seen different times in the country where people hey just recently in anambra state a certain truth was arrested because he said something again they call it cyber stalking yes. the details of that cyber stalking was not given to us to where somebody was arrested because he said something against freedom of speech is almost zero um in in a report i can't remember the exact figures nigeria freedom of speech and the death of journalists and arrest of journalists is almost as standard with what is happening in afghanistan a mm. war-thorn country again are we do we have freedom of speech in nigeria we do not have we it not and have i say it. that with all sense of respect mm. the rule of law is he obeyed to the letter of course not hey none can be still in prison even though the court says she lets him go well of mm. course um, the supreme court had said that old nera no should be legal tender but we had to wait till our president decided it was time he felt it was needful for him to do that so the rule of law is not follow to the letter transparency in government is something we don't even have because if you are to ask the people in charge of government and they say hey i want i want to get a feel of your books i want to know what you've done with the monies you've gotten most of them can't even give account so again i think that when we talk about democracy and its progressiveness maybe maybe an idea of progressiveness is conducting a free i don't know if i call it fair a relatively free election is good but i think in the full spectrum of democracy freedom of speech transparency accountability i think we are lagging behind therefore i'm hoping and praying that whoever becomes the president-elect would know that democracy hinges heavily on criticisms constructive ones even if they are not constructive the america democracy we hail today I, want, I don't want to say we should we should copy it verbatim, but America has one of the most polarized political systems where people say very negative things against their governments. But people are not arrested because they are, they are calling their presidents whatever names they want to, because they understand that for democracy to grow, certain things need to happen. You need to go through certain processes, mm. certain criticisms need to happen. Therefore, uh, in all of this, we need to understand that criticisms are important for democracy to evolve and to become what the people want, not what the political class and the elites think they want. Because in Nigeria, democracy is what some people have defined. It's not what the general people have defined it to be. Good morning. Um, before we introduce our guests in the studio this morning, what some of the stories are following at the hour? Bank rises, cash withdrawal limits to reduce queues. Now, deposit money banks are set to raise their cash withdrawal limits from the current 20,000 naira to 50,000 naira range to over 80,000 naira to 
100,000 naira, according to the multiple bank officials. The move it was lent would help bank branches to tackle lingering queues in some cities across the country. The Central Bank of Nigeria had on Friday directed commercial banks to open for operation on Saturday and Sunday as part of a coordinated effort to ease the circulation of old and new bank notes. Now, the, this came after the CBN began the release of billions of old narrow notes to DMBs. Now, the Central Bank on Thursday finally obeyed the Supreme Court on the legal status of the old Naira notes after months of controversy that trailed the Naira redesign policy. And also, one of the story we're following, Tinubu Mark's 71st birthday, Wednesday, six prayer. Now, the president-elect, Ashiwajibola Tinubu, has directed the special prayers and Thanksgiving service be held on Wednesday to mark his 71st birthday instead of the annual birthday um, celebration. A statement from his office on Monday issued by his media officer, Tunde Rahman, indicated that special prayers will be offered at the central mocks in each of the five divisions of Lagos State, including the central mocks in the Alausa area of Ikeja. Rahman said special prayers will be offered for the peace, unity, and progress of Nigeria. And we move over to the PDP. IU must go. G5 governors, a Tiku campaign clash. Now, the post-election crisis rocking the People's Democratic Party took a new turn on Monday as Benue State High Court Makodi restrained Senator Ayocha Ayu from parading himself as the national chairman of the party. Now, the restraining order marked the res- resumption of the hostility between a group backing the PDP presidential candidate Atiku Abubakar and five governors who refused to campaign for him during the 2023 electioneering. Now, the court ruling came barely 24 hours after the executive of IU's ward in the local local government area of Benue State suspended the PDP chairman for alleged anti-party activities. And IU's suspension came four days after the National Working Committee of the PDP suspended former governors Ayo Farashi of Ekiti, Ibrahim Shima of Katsina, Chimaroke Namani of Enugu, and the former Senate President Ayim Pius and others for alleged anti-party activities. And this morning on the show, we're joined by Mrs. Ladi Sani Moazu, who is from Form, Form 1. A lovely morning to you. Welcome to the show. And also we're joined by Dr. Paul Ganjang, who is a project coordinator and RIN. A lovely morning to you. Welcome to the show. And we're also joined by Mr. Lambert Peter, who is a friend of the house. A lovely morning to you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. All right. I, I want to start with you, Mr. Lambert. And I, I don't know if I should say I need you to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I need you to be honest, first of all. Um, when it comes to Plata State, let's narrow it down here. Um, our financial status as a state, because rumors have it that we're in debt. Um, what is our financial status? I know maybe it's not from your place to talk about it, but in all sincerity, an um, overview so that people know where we are right now. Well, what is it? Actually, Abigail, you know, even the entire nation is indebted. Mm. The federal government is indebted, and I think we most state governors or most state all states, most are, indebted. Sta- all states, all states are, indebted. are indebted. The United States is indebted. The UK, US, is there indebted. is no nation that is not indebted, but it depends on the structure of mm. your debt and then what your debt is serving for you. If you acquire some liabilities and the indebtedness or the liabilities are put into assets, into capital investments, those are good investments. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure even the studio is indebted. I'm sure some of you, if you have not received your salary, you are also part of the indebtedness of this studio. So it depends on the status, actually, or the structure of your indebtedness. Some mm-hmm. liabilities can be turned into assets with time. Some, it depends on the purpose. The 
the the best part of uh, being indebted, I mean, being in, be, the best part of being in liabilities is that you should be able to show something mm -hmm. that you have done with what you have acquired. No nation, no state in this country today can be able to be self-sufficient. Even Lagos itself has debt. So, so in, on, on the plateau, do we have liabilities that are assets, or we have liabilities course. that are just lingering liabilities for the next government to come and, and acquire? You know, there is no government that can function without funds, mm -hmm. without funding. True. And as part of funding, we in this country are always um, at a position where the internal revenue of the nation or of any state would not be enough mm -hmm. to take care of the expenditure level of the state. And therefore, you find out that um, government must have to go in and out to source for funds. Okay. And in the process, of course, the dwindling revenue um, from oil and from the over-dependence on oil itself and the lack of diversity into the economy, into areas of agriculture, tourism, mineral, and other uh, uh, sectors of the economy has made it to become heavily dependent on the oil sector. So once there is a shock in the oil sector, we must pay for it by looking for funds elsewhere to service uh, uh, um, the state. So um, the level of indebtedness of Plateau State, mm -hmm. I will not give you today, but if you want, <laughs> we can discuss that after this. So uh, do, do, we, do, we, do we like lack diversity when it comes to how we generate our revenue right here on the Plateau? Yes, it's a national phenomenon. You can see from the federal government, you can see a heavy dependency on, on crude oil, mm. on oil and, and natural gas. And you find out that uh, once there is a change in the price of international oil, we are always uh, in a hurry to borrow. You understand how the federal government has um, borrowed annually to even um, support the budget, yes. a budget of 11 trillion. Mm. You have... Uh, uh, settlement of debt up to f five trillion, and you are also borrowing seven trillion. So you, can, <laughs> so you can just imagine you're borrowing seven trillion to take care of a budget of twelve trillion, and out of and the twelve trillion, you're you also pay service debt going to pay service debt of, uh, of five six trillion again. So we we have found ourselves at a at a level that um, we must. Um, go back to school and study how to treat liabilities so that we can also use, convert them to assets mm. in time. All right. All right. Um, the, the, you talked about IGR. The state's IGR, I saw, you know, it starts by NBS, also by status sense that the state IGR has, you know, grown from 2015 till now by 209%. So I must commend the state from 6 billion to about 23, 21 billion thereabouts. However, 24, 24 billion, precise. right? So, um, now, however, the biggest question is, does... Increase IGR, is it a direct reflection of the growing economy of the states? Or does it show something else? Because a lot of people have said, if the IGR has gone from this to this, the lives of people, everyday person in the states, doesn't exactly reflect that their lives are better. So, from, as you know, as, as, as a professional, yes. can we peg IGR's growth to a developmental progress in the states? Or is it a normal phenomenon that certain basic things are done, IGR will be increased in the states? Okay. The increase in IGR estimates will not be able to show you the true improvement of livelihood of the people. It is the improvement in the IGR actual collections that, uh, that um, uh, will show 
that there is progress. You can estimate your IGR to 100 billion per month if you like, but if you cannot get a billion in that month, it doesn't really make sense. True. So if you go through the records, you will see that um, uh, Plateau State has never had any period for the last five years where the IGR fell. We've always been in an incremental percentage. Yes. Maybe we came, we started with maybe 50, 60%. But today, our targets have gone higher. Anytime the estimates are made higher, also the targets are met yes. to a certain percentage that is uh, better than before. Sure. So that is what we show the livelihood of the state is improving at that IGR level. Because if for 2020, uh, if we have uh, been able to get um, maybe 2021, we were able to, to, to get 100% of the IGR, of um, 19 billion, and well, we ended up with like around 20 billion, mm -hmm. and now we have 24. If we can meet up the target to around 23, you definitely say that there is a great improvement. But mm -hmm. when you set up all realistic IGR uh, estimates of 30, 40 billion, and uh, you cannot meet half of it, then it shows that there's no improvement. But for now, I'll tell you that um, our target is 24 billion. Because last year, 2022, we were able to reach around 20 billion. So right. the estimate of 24 is just showing uh, um, a marginal increase. All right. We expect that should be met. Also, another stats, an interesting stat shows that the states, out of 36 states in the country, are 29 in terms of credit ability. That means in terms of how much you can borrow and pay, yes. you are 29 ranked in the whole of Nigeria. So probably more than like seven. You're better than seven other states. Of course. Mm. Question is, how did we get here? And how can we get out of here? Because, like you said, we need to borrow money to fund projects. Yes. If we don't, if you are not credit worthy enough, nobody wants to give you money. How did we get here? And how can we get out of here? So in the next four or five years, for example, people can say, hey, I know my states can take this amount of money and they can pay. Okay. Actually... Borrowing itself, you must show capacity to pay. Yes. Mm -hmm. You cannot borrow beyond your capacity to pay. And even when your capacity to pay is good, you must also look at the existing payment, the existing repayment of your debt. Somebody who is repaying a million naira every month and maybe has capacity to borrow 10 million could be said to be better than somebody who pays 200,000 a month but does not have the capacity to even borrow a millionaire. Do you understand the interpretation? Yes. So borrowing has its own interpretation. Currently, the state is settling a lot of liabilities. And these liabilities sometimes will not be in the, um, will not be, uh, in the aspect of only um, money borrowed. Mm -hmm. There are liabilities of, uh, of uh, entitlement to civil servants that have retired. Yes. There are liabilities to some court uh, ju uh, judgments. Yes. There are liabilities to some uh, other promises made by government. They all go into liabilities. And then, of course, there are credit liabilities from commercial banks and other financial um, institutions that um, give uh, funds to the state. So if you begin to categorize, that's why if you say X state has $100 billion as liabilities, Another state has 20 billion as life. It depends on the composition. Mm. If that state that has um, 100 billion has only 5 billion for commercial banks and the other one that has 20 has 20 billion, who is more indebted? Mm. You, you know that there are other liabilities like civil servant uh, salaries and then 
uh, payments of uh, pensions and gratuity. All these will, 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 will form the aspect of liabilities of the state. There are other liabilities that are also contractor. So when you have contractor liabilities, monies are supposed to be paid to contractors in the state after after uh, um, uh, executing the their projects. So mm -hmm. that's why I'm saying some liabilities are assets. Yes. If you have a huge number of contractors all in the state, and then you go to the project and you see something, you know that that's a good um, aspect of the, 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 the state. Yes. But if you go and see nothing, and then the state has a huge payment to make to individuals. But, but, but from data, the state, um, the expenditure for capital and you know, recurrent expenditure, capital yes. obviously is lower, far lower than recurrent. No, so currently it, for 2023, there is uh, but, but, uh, The execution, you know, we know that, in, like you said before, there are projections and then the executions. Yes. The executions is where we always know the problem. It's, of course, the projection, like you said the last time, yes. means that we have more capital expenditure. I think about, for me for around 70 plus percent for of this of the budget for this year is yes. supposed to be for capital expenditure but of course first quarter we don't know how it is yet but from what you've seen in the last seven years mm -hmm. is there hope at all that first the state i, I saw a very very shaky start that the international debt of the state foreign debt of the state has increased I think about I don't know I don't know the percent but quite astronomically. Yes. And when you compare that with how much is given for capital projects, it's shocking. What can we do, especially in um, what's the word now, in reconfiguring the payments plans of these debt? I don't know what the, I don't have details of how much you're supposed to pay when you're supposed to pay them. But ideally, when you have such debts and you want to make progress, you obviously need to get more money. The basic basic thing is let's restructure the debt payments. Mm -hmm. What hope do we have in Plaza State that in the next four or five years that these debts we have would either be paid off and we can borrow more to progress the state or are we in the state of limbo where we have to, like they say, suffer for a while before we get to heaven? Well, the picture of suffering is, um, is obvious because we, we will not suffer that much because the entire nation is also indebted. Okay. Okay. We have acquired several loans from China and from other countries. And um, one thing about capital expenditure also that um, we should un understand is if you have a capital expenditure of maybe uh, 50 billion, it depends on the composition of that capital expenditure. Okay. You could go into it and look at the procurement or purchase of several vehicles, several other items. But if you go into a capital expenditure estimate that you discover that there are a lot of uh, funds devoted to infrastructure, mm -hmm. to other developmental uh, aspects of the economy, it helps to say, go ahead and acquire loans and take care of this kind of budget. Yes. But if you have vehicles, you have the furniture, and you have other expenditures right. that are not directly linked to the investment of in assets the in the state, it takes you back to say that uh, that capital expenditure itself will lack merit at some level. So, so what hope so, do we have? Well, we, we cannot be hopeless. We can never be <laughs> that's, hopeless. That's the hope that we yes, have. We yes. can't be Emeka, hopeless. Emeka, we, we cannot be hopeless. As I mean, we should never be hopeless. Life. Yes. All right. Um, yes. Before I hand you over to Abigail, um, yes. finally, the first, this th third month, so it means that first quarter is, yeah, first quarter ends this month. Yes. Um, so far, so good with the state's budgets, what is the success rate like implementation of the budget in the first three months? What has it been like? Okay. It depends on the structure. Our state budget is broken into two aspects, the recurrent expenditure and capital expenditure. Okay. We also have the other side because there's no budget that's one-legged. Budgets are always two legs. 
the revenue aspect of the budget and the expenditure aspect of the budget. Okay. In the recurrent expenditure, the state has actually produced um, a lot of, um, there's a lot of performance there. Mm -hmm. You know that um, there is a lot of settlement of worker salaries. True. Um, as of today, um, uh, we're expecting the February salaries and of, of course, March salaries to be paid soon. Mm -hmm. So on the aspect of recurrent expenditure, and you know that uh, the the events of the two of the last uh, 30 days, yes. basically election, election, election. Mm -hmm. So you will not expect revenue to rise during that Very period. True. You will not expect also some levels of expenditure to rise. But also some aspect of expenditure will also rise because there were, there was a lot of transportation involved. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of moving around also on the aspect of government officials and also staff. And um, there were a lot of staying at home. Children, uh, schools were basically um, at home, mm. uh, you know, for the last three weeks, if you calculate the period that our uh, children stayed at home, you find out that it's more than two weeks. So there's a slowdown in the mm. economy, but as of today, you know that things have picked up. Mm. Uh, also, the aspect of the currency itself will also slow down the economy. Very you know true. that we did not have cash from January to May. <sighs> so we mm. don't go into that now. So there are right. a lot of things that we should know. All right. Be before I come to uh, Mrs. Ladi, quickly, let me come to you, uh, Mr. Lava. You yes. are the chairman, State Committee of Food and Nutrition. Yes. I'll, I'll come to you on that one. But let me okay. come to Mrs. Ladi, who is from yes, Form, Form 1. Yes. Uh, what is the Form <coughs> 1 body all about? Um, I'm just hearing of the acronym for the first time, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are just hearing about Form 1. So what is Form 1 all about? Okay, Form 1 is the Federation of Muslim Women Association of Nigeria. Mm. It is an umbrella body of all the Islamic organizations. Mm. So they come under Form 1. And, and what does the body tend to do <coughs> for the Muslim women? Da'awah, that is preaching. Preaching, yes. Mm. All right. We do a lot of preaching. Then there are other things we do. Like Form 1, we have a school. Mm. The Form 1 school where we educate our children. Then we have a Form 1 clinic as well. Mm. It's a maternal and child welfare clinic. Mm. Interesting. Yes. So that's a little lot of what we do. All right. Let me come to you, um, Dr. Paul, quickly. Um, you are from the ANREEN body. Uh, what is the ANREEN? What does it stand for? What do you people do as a body? Okay. Uh, thank you. ANREEN stands for Accelerating Nutrition Results in Nigeria. Mm. And it's a World Bank-assisted project which is in the state alongside 11 other states in the country. Mm. So we are uh, actually here to improve the nutritional status of children under five years of age mm. and pregnant women, lactating mothers, mm. and also pregnant adolescents in the state. And this uh, project became effective in the state uh, or in the country in May 2019, mm. and service delivery started in 2021 across the 17 LGs, uh, the stunting rates uh, of children mm. under five years of age in Plateau is so high, it's about 44.7% of our under fives are stunted. Mm. Uh, that's according to Nigerian Demographic and Health Survey 2018. Mm. So to improve on these uh, rates, the government of the state uh, brought this project and is com committed to improving the, and changing the narratives. All right. And 
All right. This morning, we're joined by Mr. Josiah Manasseh-Ilia, who is the CCDP Platt State. A lovely morning to you and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So let's talk about the State Committee on Food and Nutrition. Um, I've, I've, wh what brought about the idea? He just spoke a bit about it, but what brought up the initi initiative to begin the project right here on the plateau? Okay, like the doctor has just finished explaining, mm. there was a need for a ministry to be able to have a central point. So you're going to help us talk into the mic. Okay, so there, is a there is a need for the ministry mm. to a ministry to have a central point where the state's uh, food and nutrition program is properly coordinated in the state. Mm. And therefore, my ministry, uh, Ministry of Budget and Economic Planning, yeah. being the former uh, agency, the Planning Commission, mm. now had to come together and invite all their stakeholders in the state to be able to have a coordinating point. Mm. My ministry is responsible for the coordination of food and nutrition, and that is why I'm the state chairman of the food and nutrition committee in the state. This will also enhance the implementation and the monitoring and also the appraisal of uh, the performance of food and nutrition in Plato State. And mm. part of it is the reason we are working in the state together with the stakeholders, and you can have some of them in the studio. Okay, so that's how we have um, Form 1 and um, Anne-Rin, they are all stakeholders. And for we have CD, CC, and the CC, I, I, I wanted to ask, so food and nutrition, common sense suggests that you guys ensure that, you know, food are properly prepared. My biggest question, abattoir markets, yeah, abattoir, they don't have a water they don't have a tank for water to wash their meats. The process of meat slaughtering and selling is below any normal standard, at least in where normal people stay. What are you people doing about that? Okay, actually the responsibility of abattoir, or all abattoirs in Plata State, is the responsibility of the Ministry of Agriculture, okay. especially the veterinary department of the ministry. The way they go about their structure it's a little bit out of my hands. I am part of the ministry that coordinates the entire state. But I will tell you, on food and nutrition, we are also interested in hygiene. Mm. We are also interested in water supply, mm. good water supply. And we are also interested in the quality of what is served on the table as a meal. And that is why you can see that the accelerated nutrition is here. And because basically part of nutrition water and hygiene involves women most especially and you can see we have muslim women association from one who are here we also have the private sector the people concerned citizens of platinum and with me here is the ccdp that is cooking community development program yes the cooking yes so we have more stakeholders within the group we have started in a way to say first of all let's discuss what is served on the table then we will go in intensively. Um, we should be able to come back for the whole of the week to continue our conversation in this studio where we'll bring in stakeholders from the agricultural sector, from the water sector, even from information and even from orientation. They will be here. We will discuss their aspects as it involves food and nutrition because it's a, it's a huge sector, you know. All right, let me come back to you, um, Dr. Paul, when it comes to nutrition. Um, right here on the plateau, I, would, I wouldn't want to speak for many people or, or what the standard of living is right here on the plateau. And plateau is one of the states that is blessed with a lot of vegetables that people can reach um, easily. 
um, when it comes to a balanced meal, what does a balanced meal entail? Because um, a lot of people have them eat eba in the morning, in the afternoon, don't a bit of... Don't call me <laughs> And a bit of meal and coca in the afternoon and still top it up in the evening with tools just so that the sleep can come heavy and they can sleep. Uh, what would you say is, because we're talking food and nutrition, what is a balanced meal? What is, a, what is it supposed to be like? Yeah, to say a balanced meal, you should have a meal that is, consists of carbohydrates, protein, uh, minerals, uh, vitamins. You should have vegetables and fruits, mm. at least basically daily, with water. Mm. And this should compose uh, a balanced meal. No, this thing that you're saying, yeah. we know. And okay, carbohydrate, you want, you protein. Want an example, because uh, okay. so we can say you can say carbohydrate, and uh, some somebody who is heavy on starch. You say carbohydrate, you have you should have carbohydrate, and there's a person who eat rice in the morning, yam in the afternoon, yeah. and find another carbohydrate yeah. to eat at night. Night beans, because they say beans is they told us beans was protein. Is yeah, cool. actually beans yeah. is not just protein. That's some percentage of carbohydrates. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I my <laughs> So the issue is, uh, we have a certain percentage, about thirty percent of it being protein. Mm-hmm. There's some percentages of that pro- uh, beans being carbohydrate. Mm. So getting beans, it has fiber too. Okay. So you are covered, not just eating beans. And so if, I, if, if, if I'm eating beans morning, morning after night, am I covered? Not actually. You ah. need to <laughs> have those <laughs> I need to check my diet. I'm yeah. heavy on beans anyway. Yeah, so beans is good. Mm. You can add some rice mm. and all this in proportions so that you don't add more calories. You should have to help us talk to the mic. You so don't that. add more, more calories than you're burning them. Mm. So as you are eating, you should check how you also... What, what is the it? estimated calories for a human being to consume? Uh-huh. Uh, I can't state... It depends on your activity. Yeah. So so you let me, let me ask. It depends on what you do per day <laughs> I know the energy level that you, you burn I know, I know, I know you're, not, you're not dietitians, but yes. I wanted to ask, for someone that wants, that wants to gain weight, you know, um, gain muscles, what is most important? Calories, carbs, or fibers? Um, calories um, or the proteins or fibers? For someone that wants to gain muscle, for muscle gain. Well, you are taking us into technical, but... <laughs> okay. All right. Let me come to Mrs. Ladi quickly. Um, yes. um, for you are a woman, and for a woman, the build, our build-ups differ. Um, how important is it for women to take their nutrition seriously, and how is it? Imp- how important is it for... Um, them to not just take nutrition for themselves, but even for their kids and people around them? Well, nutrition is life, if you ask me. Mm. And um, it's very, very important for a woman to be able to know um, what is available and how she can um, um, incorporate it into her daily meal meal plan. Mm. So that's what is important. And for the kid, the nutrition starts from pregnancy. Mm. not until the child is born. Mm. Because once your nutrition is good in pregnancy, you eat your food balanced. Mm. You take some carbohydrates, um, proteins, a lot of fruits, vegetables. The growth of your baby Mm. will be very good. And you are not just growing the baby in weight, but even the the intellectually you are growing your child from Mm. pregnancy. Mm. So even in the meal preparation at home, you really need to add everything. We are blessed in Plateau State beyond what you can think of. Mm. We have all kinds of fruits, vegetables, colorful ones. So you need to incorporate them into your daily meals. 
like we're talking of rice and beans now. Mm. What stops you from cooking that rice and beans, putting a lot of aloe inside, some tomatoes, some onion and everything? And yes, on a lighter note, if you, if you serve somebody like my dad, um, mm. white rice and stew, which is red, and you put aloe, which is green, he mm. will ask you, what country flag is this? Just to add, uh, as she was saying, mm. the windows of opportunity for a child is actually the first 1,000 days of life of that child, mm. which is from conception, from the w time the woman gets pregnant, to when the child is two years of age. Mm. So that gives that 1,000 days of life. So the woman needs to eat well for herself, and then for the growth of the baby. Mm -hmm. The baby usually has his own way of sapping all the nutrients mm -hmm. he needs or she needs, despite what the woman has. Okay. So if she doesn't feed well, the baby the doesn't, doesn't grow, grow well. well. Um, I wanted to ask, I don't know, uh, this again, uh, just for clarity's sake, the modus operandi, I know in certain parts of the world, you know, health and nutrition experts go about restaurant, checking for their health, you know, health, you know, um, what's the word now? percentages of their meal, the how tidy it is. Is that part of what people do? And if it is, how far have you gone in terms of, because we have a lot of restaurants in Jaws, a lot in Plateau States. What, what is the most, how, are the, how do you rate a restaurant as being good enough to serve the people in terms of a nutritional balance, in terms of the processes of their cooking? Is there a checklist of things that certain restaurants or meal providers for public consumption have to meet before they are approved? Okay, Emeka, first of all, let's look at this from ground going up, from down going up. My ministry, Ministry of Budget and Economic Planning, have written memos to His Excellency, and this and the following aspects have been approved. Now, the creation of food and nutrition department within the ministry that has been approved, the creation of food and nutrition budget lines in concerned ministries that also has been done. Okay. Now, apart from that, understanding what the consultant from Irene has said that the first 1,000 days of a newborn baby is important. Yes. The state government today has the approval for the extension of uh, maternity leave for workers okay. from three months to six months or four to six months. And it may surprise you that today, even with the male folks, you have now been have given two weeks. Yes. Ah, finally, finally, they are considering <laughs> men's <laughs> mental health. Yes, so our mental health <laughs> needs we'll to be checked. And yes. therefore, <laughs> exactly. get so you understand that nutrition is important, mm. hygiene is important, and mm. even uh, psychologically to support uh, women folk. Yeah, after a newborn baby, a man should stay home for two weeks two weeks office days, that means about a month to stay at home with a newborn, yes. mm. to be able to support his uh, nursing, nursing wife, nursing mm. to be able to take care of the children. Mm. And also, within my ministry, we have also, we are about completing the creation of a crutch for all nursing women within state secretariat to come down and have a proper place to breastfeed the, ch the children mm. or their nursing babies mm. within secretariat. And you may, it may surprise you that within that uh, structure or within that building, there could be many things that you might one day come and see. Mm -hmm. There could be places where children can also play. There could be places where some additional 
menu can be given to the nursing mother. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it's a central point for doctors to come and consult nursing mm -hmm. mothers and also look at their health, the health of their babies and even the mothers themselves. At least you can also see a nursing mother is looking healthy or not, and we could also write our reports mm -hmm. for further improvement. Today, by the end of, before we uh, come out from April, um, there will be the inauguration of the Food and Nutrition uh, Steering Committee within Plateau, of Plateau State, mm -hmm. and that will happen. Approval has also been given. And we will soon be running the validation session for the food and nutrition by the end of this month or probably early April before mm -hmm. the inauguration of the committee. So food and nutrition actually is a huge concern. If you do not give your child certain food components as a child growing yeah. up, you know that even his mental state will not be correct. No mm -hmm. matter what you do when he's an adult, you might not be able to, to um, correct some deficiencies that mm -hmm. came up when he was growing up. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we have considered this point as a ministry, not even as a professional, as a ministry, Ministry of Budget and Economic Planning. It is our responsibility to coordinate the fruits and nutrition and other aspects of the economy of Plateau State, agriculture, water, you mm -hmm. may name many things. So I will come with many stakeholders as we keep coming. It is our month. We'll be able to do so many things on food. And this is just like a sensitization session. Right. We'll have a lot of validatory sessions. We'll also have a lot of inaugural sessions where we'll sit down with the stakeholders and come up. We will be having a live roundtable session in Plateau State nationwide on a national TV for one hour where the state government will be able to broadcast live the inauguration and implementation of the food Plateau State Foods and Nutrition Roundtable Session with all the stakeholders from federal to state where we'll be able to broadcast our level of achievement concerning foods and nutrition. We're just um, saying we're putting the uh, we're putting a square peg in a, in a square hole now, mm. and we are starting. It's the beginning of good things to come. All right. You can be a part of the conversation, www.facebook.com forward slash JFM Jaws, and on Twitter at JFM Jaws, the number to call 90 or 81 Those are the numbers to call to be a part of the show. I'll take it again, 81 777 Hello, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Welcome to the show. What's your name and where are you calling us from? Okay, I'm Eric from Ojuko Street. All right, go ahead. 50 seconds, please. Okay, I'll just say that uh, in terms of this budget, actually, we have seen how the government has been borrowing so much money. Mm. And uh, at the beginning of this, uh, people have questioned all this borrowing. But then the, the Minister of Finance and all other uh, who are in charge of that uh, finance of the country, they, they kept on give, uh, giving us assurance that uh, it is well, it is well. But look, just imagine where we have, we have gone to now. Um, I just look at it as the people who are at the helm of their affairs, they are not too uh, competent. I, I believe that's just the reason. All right. So thank you very much. That's just my contribution. All right. Thank you. Do have... A lovely day, 90 555 or 081-218-7777. Those are the numbers to call to be a part of the show. I'll take it again, 90
9900812187777 and you can be a part of the conversation on our social media platform www.facebook.com forward slash jfmjaws and on twitter at jfmjaws um, I wanted to ask you Mr. Lambert Peter as the chairman of the state committee on food and nutrition is there a program or um, how do you people intend to go about this project um, uh, you've just begun sensitization right now. Are there other things put in place to make sure that um, the project goes on smoothly? Okay, first of all, we, are, we have received approval to set up Cretch mm. in our ministry. We have also uh, received approval to go on uh, extended uh, leave on maternity and paternity. We have also looked at the creation of uh, food and nutrition department within our ministry. We have launched it. We are also looking at, first of all, the concerned ministries that are supposed to have the component of foods and nutrition yeah. in their budget. We have added budget lines for that. You see, that's the beginning of good things to come. Mm. When you do not have a budget for certain items, you might not be able to implement them no matter the, um, your need to go ahead and do it. We are we in the state of uh, doing all this, We've had um, a food and nutrition policy of the state also being approved. So you see, from the policy, we will commence implementation of what is required for Plateau State to benefit from food and nutrition. And like I've told you, the food and nutrition is just a small picture of what you see. But if you go into it, you will see that food and nutrition also has hygiene, also has water, mm. and also has other components. Okay, child upbringing, and also has some elements that concerns our women, women development. Mm. So from there, the Ministry of Women Affairs is involved in food and nutrition, Ministry of Education, Ministry of Water Resources, of course, Ministry of Health is also there. So, and other ministries concerned. But what we are looking at is the commencement of the program in the state. We mm. have really taken off. We took it took us a very long time. How long? This level oh, about. Some five years now. Mm, We've been struggling to have uh, uh, food and nutrition take off within the state. Mm. Irene has been here. Another uh, uh, aspect, Form 1 is here. CCDP, they are here. Mm. And we have other uh, agencies or other stakeholders within the food and nutrition. Ministry of Agri is also important. Mm. We'll have a session where we'll come here with them. And we have other supervisory ministry of, like science and tech that are also going to be here to talk about how do we process food, mm. how food is processed, how food is stored, mm. all these can and package uh, juice and other things. They need <laughs> to also understand that, you know, a lot of things we need, uh, we need to look at a lot of things within that. But we can't have it all in one day. Definitely. So we have, we have commenced earnestly and... Um, we pray for more grace to achieve what we intend to have. All right. We'll move over to social media platform for comments. Max, Mike says, happy 71 years. Okay. Happy 71 year birthday to our incoming president. Um, <laughs> Fetsen Abelao says, there is serious revenue leakage in Plateau State. You cannot tell me that the state will still be going to Abuja for salaries and other developments up to date. Okay. Mm. Albert Akaya Dagza says, the Plateau State government is not trying in terms of revenue idea and generation. This state is blessed beyond our imagination. It goes beyond revenue generated by VIO and from business people. There's a lot of platforms for revenue generation in the states. We need to look inward so we can move forward. 
again, what are these ideas you guys talking about? Please let us know. I, I like the fact that we think or we believe there are more things that can be done. Please give us ideas so that you know people in charge can glean from these ideas and implement them when necessary. Mm. Principal Joseph Milimusi, selfishness and personal interest is the reason why the PDP lost the presidential election and yet they're not ready to learn from their mistakes on the issue of cash crunch. Where was NLC when the hardship was biting harder? <laughs> this guy's <is> angry. <laughs> Principal, calm down, calm down. We be, be calm. Their plan, their plan nationwide protest is long overdue. I thought NLC do no longer exist in Nigeria for keeping silence when the Naira and Vios scarcity were biting hard. Kevin Lewis then Shark says, whatsoever the judgment of the tribunal will be, if it doesn't go the way most Nigerians anticipated, then we should all pray and hope that the ac- Okay. I'm trying to be respectful here. He said the acclaimed president-elect will surprise everyone with a remarkable performance for a better Nigeria. More so, the incoming Plateau State government should endeavor to improve the IGL by completing a new just stadium and also rebuilding of the terminals markets in Maraban Jamal, while old market locations should be used as motor park to generate um, some to generate some revenue for the state. Okay, Nathaniel Godswell finally says the bringing back of old Naira notes has reduced so many challenges we are facing as a people. Withdrawal charges from POS are now back to normal. They are not back in my own area. I think I'll go and tell those people. <laughs> uh, this, they start collecting 100 now for 5K because I do have... Let me be calm. All right, just before we go, uh, Mr. Josiah Valasilia of the CCDP, Plata State, um, how is your body a part of the food and nutrition project that will be commencing? Thank you very much. Um, CCDP, Panyam, as the name implies, is uh, a development arm of Church of Christ in Nation. Mm. And the organization is working with farmers in the community. Mm. And what we do as contributing to building, promoting nutrition in Plateau State yes. is we train farmers on good agricultural practices mm. because it is important to have the food first before you talk of nutrition. Yeah. So we train farmers in good agricultural practices mm. and uh, post-harvest management mm. so that they will be able to manage their products from the farm to the store and to the market. Mm. And then we also uh, train farmers in uh, income-generating activities mm. uh, where they can save money and then take up the money, take loans, and then do some businesses and get money. And then we also train farmers on the diversification. All right. Yeah. Uh, so that they don't only depend on farming maize and maize and maize alone. Mm. Yeah, we train farmers to farm different crops. Right. And also uh, keep animals like the small ruminants mm. and birds so that they will also have meat to eat. Mm. Because uh, in those days, you find out that they, 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 will, they will brew chickens and then take them to the market and then just come back without anything. But we have been sensitizing farmers in the community to make sure that they, they, they use the proper proportion of food in preparation, like when they want to prepare food. 
because right. if you don't if you don't spend the money and eat good food, you will spend the money in the hospital. True. Definitely. True. All right. Because of our time, I'm sure that we will have you some other time and you get to explain what you do for the community. But we want to thank you so much, Mr. Lambert Peter, for coming. Thank you so much, Mr. Manasi Leah, Mrs. Ladi Sanimwazo, and Dr. Paul. Ganjang for coming on the show. This was Let's Talk on your Super Feel Good Radio Station. My name is Abigail Seaman, and on my end, see you tomorrow. I'm from Emika. Stay out of trouble and Thank spread you love. Very much. The Thank news you. comes up by 10 o'clock. Keep your dads logged on to J101.9 FM. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.